How is he only a 90 overall? You have Richard Sherman, some old man who can't run for Jack. You need to put respect on Zachary's name and a bunch of other tight ends that should be higher than Rob Gronkowski. The man hasn't played since 2018. He's not going to be the MLFVP. And then, <laughs> and then he goes onto an Instagram live where he he seems to have been under the influence. Smoking a cigar. I don't think MVP is indicative of the best friend. Welcome back to Goat Chat. We are sliding into your Thursday with another episode. We are on episode number 30. Thank you guys all for the support. Our Instagram has been pretty good. We, we uh, just passed 200 followers. We're going to get to 300 soon, I promise. But, you know, we're, we're on episode 30. We're going to start this off. We're going to start this one off. Pretty good, pretty good number. You know, there's a lot of guys that you guys could pick from. Tommy, I'm going to start with you. Are you still going baseball here? Well, of course I am, man. I'm going to go with one of the best pitchers of all time, Nolan Ryan. <laughs> what he did in his career was unbelievable. He pitched 27 seasons, which is just remarkable. I mean, he made his debut in the 60s, finished in the 90s. He had an 81.3 career war, 324 career wins. And the 300 mark in wins is something that you don't really see much anymore. Uh, we saw last year CC Sabathia got to 250, and they made a big deal about it, which, you know, it's still impressive, but 300, you know, that's on another level. Um, and obviously it's because of the duration of his career. 27 years is remarkable in itself. A 3.19 respectable ERA. Um, you know, there's so many stats that we can run through eight-time All-Star, won a World Series, two-time ERA title. So he had an incredible career. Nolan Ryan, one of the best to ever play the game. So he's my go with the number 30. Connor, who are you going to go with? Well, I'm going to have to agree with Tommy here with Nolan Ryan. Um, Tommy mentioned CeCe Sabathia. They made a big deal about 20, or 250 wins. CeCe Sabathia hit 3,000 strikeouts, and that was a huge accomplishment. Nolan Ryan had 5,714 strikeouts. That is almost an additional 3,000 more than the, than the 3,000 strikeout accolade that a lot of people strive for now in their careers. Another thing that Tommy didn't mention is Nolan Ryan had seven no-hitters. Seven no-hitters in his career. He had, that leads all of the MLB. He is also first in one-hitters and first in two-hitters with 18. He also won a World Series back in 1969. And, I mean, he mentioned the two ERA titles and the eight All-Stars. I mean, Nolan Ryan was the guy that you did not want to face when you were playing him. He was the guy that was going to come out on the mound, and he was going to give you that stink guy, and he was going to strike you out just about every time. It's Nolan Ryan here. It was a very easy choice for me. <laughs> Mike, are you going to agree with them? Um, I'm not, unfortunately. Uh I think, you know, unfortunately, you guys uh, aren't, you know, the most knowledgeable about the NHL, right? But you guys are missing out on a big number 30 here, Marty Brodeur, one of the best goaltenders of all time. This guy leads all NHL goalies in all-time wins. Nolan Ryan had, what, 300-something wins, right? Marty Brodeur had 691 wins. He had... He has 125 shutouts in his whole career. He's a four-time Vezina winner. He won the Stanley Cup three times compared to Nolan Ryan's only one time with the New York Mets. Not only that, um, four-time Vezina winner, like I said before, five-time William Jennings winner, and he was a seven-time All-Star. 
he has a 2.24 goals against average, top 10 in all the NHL of all time, and 9.12 save percentage. What more can you ask out of the goal out of a goalie? He's one of the best goalies of all time. It's got to be Marty Berdor here. Now, I, I don't think we can compare wins, though, because when you're a goalie in the NHL, you're, you're on the ice just about every night where Nolan Ryan's out on the mound once every week. So, I mean, his, his win achievement there being out on the mound once every five days stands probably higher than those 600 wins that a goalie has when he's out on the ice just about every night. Um, it's not necessarily every night. You know, Mari okay, Berdor probably played every, three, three – it's not once every five games, though. I understand, but you're playing 162 games in the MLB a season. Compared so to one fifth of that, it's 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 less than what a goalie plays in a normal NHL season, but it's almost the same amount. I don't well, know. I, I don't. I don't think we can compare wins there. Well, Matt, yeah. Matt why don't you give us your go? It has to be Marty Berdur. I mean, you guys. <laughs> Let's be real. You guys don't know a lot about hockey. You guys come on here and said you don't know a lot about hockey. But Marty Brodeur. I've never is... said that, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you said that or if you didn't, I don't know. But um, Marty Brodeur is definitely one of the best goaltenders to ever play in the NHL. I mean, when you're a goalie, when you're a young goalie coming into the league, you want to be the next Marty Brodeur. And, you know, maybe we'll see, a fl- we'll see some flashes of uh, some goaltenders, uh, Mackenzie Wood. And Carter Hart maybe could live up to uh, uh, Marty what Marty Brodeur did, but he was such a consistent goaltender for the New Jersey Devils, and then ended up going to the St. Louis Blues at the end of his career. But he was just he was an amazing goaltender, you know. Growing up, uh, watching him, you know, playing him in the video games, just just a great. He really measures up to the whole goat, uh, goat like whatever we want to describe it for our show, and you know, thirty. The only person I was thinking about going also was Steph Curry, just because of how he kind of revolutionized the three-point uh, game that we see now in the NBA. But Marty Verder, I I had to go with him. He just he 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 levels up um, uh, Nolan Ryan and Steph Curry and whoever thirty you want to pull out. Okay, if you don't want to necessarily compare wins to a goalie in the NHL and uh, a pitcher in the MLB, that's fine. But Marty Brodeur ranks first all-time in the, in the NHL in wins, while Nolan Ryan only ranks 14th in the MLB all-time in wins. So I feel like when you look at the two players, it's, it's not necessarily comparable. I, I, I just think Marty Brodeur is the better player. No, no offense to Nolan Ryan. He's a fantastic player, but Marty Brodeur is just on another level. I mean, you also – you guys have both said – that we didn't pick him because it's our lack of hockey knowledge. But, I mean, that, that's – It is. Like, but I mean – that's the reason why I didn't pick him. Even if I was a hockey fan and I knew who he okay, was – Okay, we can't go to that level because if you grew up watching hockey, you might have – I wouldn't say you 100% want to pick him, but you might have been swayed to go one way. I, I'm, not, I'm not discrediting any of your knowledge or anything. I'm just stating the obvious here. I didn't, Nolan Ryan was this pick for me. I, I've had him written down since we've been doing these go to the go to the numbers because Nolan Ryan was just so dominant, so dominant. He had five seasons. I don't want to throw out a random number here. Let, let me look it up here really quick because I have it up. I mean, we could also talk about how Nolan Ryan was 34 too. 
for part of his career. You Tommy, you even said you might have gone to him 34 if there wasn't any other. Uh... I, I may have, but I don't know. You look at what he did, though, throughout his career. I mean, 5,714 strikeouts, that's insane. He's the all-time leader. I mean... All-time leader, and that's never going to be touched. Not even close. You're right, Connor. I mean, no one will even come close to that. And that's like, I mean, you guys all know baseball. That's remarkable. Almost 6,000 strikeouts. Most people don't even get to 3,000, and he almost doubled it, like Connor said. I mean, it's remarkable. And we're not discrediting your guy. I mean, hockey hockey and baseball are hard to compare, I think. I mean, Has he ever won a Cy Young award? He does not want to sign. No? No. No. That's honestly surprising considering how, you know, dominant he was, but he he didn't win it. Marty Brodeur won four Vesna trophies, which is the same, which is the same thing as the Cy Young in the MLB. I mean, Connor, you might be used to playing golf, but four is better than zero at this point. I'd say I'm going to ignore that. Another interesting side about (laughs) Ryan is, we don't see a lot of complete games anymore in the MLB, and we haven't for the past however many years. Nolan Ryan throughout his career had 222 complete games. That's that's remarkable right there. When a team isn't having to dip into their bullpen and they can rely on their starter to give them nine innings every time, 222 times in his career, that's impressive. I feel like a lot of that is attributed to the way that the game is was played back then. You saw a lot more pitchers go, pitching complete games more often, and now you see a lot uh, of the managers in the MLB wanting to preserve their starting pitchers and keep them healthy. You know, keep their arm healthy. We know how much of a strain pitching the MLB can have on your elbow and your shoulder and all that. So I think that's just uh, a difference in how the game was played. You know, I'm I'm not. Listen, 222 complete games is fantastic and all, but I feel like at, at least half of that was contributed to the time in which Nolan Ryan played. I mean, we, we can't sit here and try to compare these two different sports. It, it's pretty hard, but both these guys uh, are, are goats in themselves. Um, I think that if anyone else has anything to say, they could say it or we can move on to our next segment. Uh, we're all good. All right, we'll move into our next segment next. Welcome back to Go Chat. Uh, we're going to jump right into some NHL talk. NHL is now in the second round. A couple games have ended. We're going to go around. We're going to give our thoughts on each one of the series, who we think is going to win and finish the series as the winner, and we'll meet uh, in the conference finals with the opposing team. Um, so let's start off with the Colorado Avalanche Dallas Stars series, a, a series that has really shocked some people as Dallas has is now up 2-0. They're going to be playing Wednesday Wednesday night. So you guys will be seeing this episode after game three is over, but we're recording it before game three starts. Um, anyways, Connor, do you think Dallas is going to continue their hot streak or do you think Colorado is going to bounce back? I definitely do. I actually, I picked Dallas to go into the conference finals. Um, Again, the the Golden Knights there, we'll, we'll get into later. But I think a big a big piece for Dallas throughout the, the entire first round of the playoffs and then these first two games has been Tyler Seguin. He's been playing really well. And did I mispronounce the name? Tyler Sagan. 
say again. I, I, I was looking at stats earlier, and he, he's been playing some good. He's been scoring some good goals. He has quite a few assists. So I think if he continues that play, not only could they win this series rather quickly, but I, I could see them even giving up a fight to the Golden Knights. All right. Tommy, what do you think? You're going to side with Connor or you're going to go I with am. Avalanche? All right. Sorry, but yeah, I am. I think that they've played really well. Um, obviously, they took the first series four to two, and their offense played really well in all the games that they won. And they've gotten off to a hot start in this series. And, you know, I picked them for the last pick, and they won. So that was great. And, uh, yeah, I had them going pretty deep into the postseason as well. So, yeah, I think they're going to keep it going. And, yeah, I think they're going to keep rolling. Matt, what do you think? Still got to roll with Colorado. I've, I've been high on Colorado since the, the beginning of GoChat, really, the birth of GoChat, rather. But um, when we started talking about hockey, I, I, I was high on Colorado. I got to keep keep staying high on Colorado. It's got to be hard losing your starting goaltender, Grubauer. But Francois, I really hope I pronounced it right. But I think Francois is still – a capable goalie to take them far. They just need to, uh, they need to wake up. Like I said, LeBron needed to wake up with the Lakers. He did. Kawhi needed to wake up with, wake up with the Clippers. He did. I think it was Paul George who more. Yeah, yeah, Paul George. Whatever. The whole Clippers team needed to wake up. They did. Now I'm, I'm telling the Avalanche to wake up. They need to come back from this. They have a very talented first line in uh, Landis Glog, Rantanen, and um, Nate McKinnon. You know. And, and they have the defender that I said last week, Cal McCarr. You got to love Cal McCarr. So they definitely have the talent around them to come back in this series. And I really think they will. But the stars are hot, but still. I'm going to actually have to side with Connor and Tommy here. As much as I love the Avalanche and the personnel that they have, you know, McKinnon, Landis, Cog, Ranson, probably top three line in the NHL, right? But I feel like the loss of Grubauer is so critical to this team I don't know how to pronounce his name Francois we'll just go with that he did not play well last game the Stars scored five goals on only 27 shots not only that they've won five games straight they're hot the problem coming into the playoffs and why I didn't even have them winning the first round is because their offense was not living up to par their offense was cold but now they're heating up they're heating up at the exact right time and I think Colorado still can come back in the series because of how talented they are, but I just don't see that happening. Dallas is too hot, and they're just going to stop the Avalanche, even though Avalanche outshot them 40-27 in their last game. Avalanche just can't put pucks in, in the net against Bishop. Bishop has been playing fantastic. I just, As of right now, I can't see the Stars not advancing to the Western Conference Finals. Um. One thing that, that's – I'll just wrap it up with this. One thing that I, I have hope for is that Francois and the round robin uh, – it was the round robin, you know, teams weren't too uh, – didn't have that much of chemistry, much – a lot of chemistry. But he did record a shutout for nothing against the Stars. So I still got the hope, but, you know. There, there's, there's definitely a chance there, but I feel like what I've seen from the Stars the past five games, how their offense has just exploded – um, it, it it's tough for me to see the Avalanche coming overcoming it in a O2 deficit. It's definitely possible, but I, I feel like I have to roll the stars here. And if the Avalanche win, you know my my bracket has them making it to the finals, so I'm not going to complain. Anyways, let's move into the other uh, Western Conference semifinals matchup. 
with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, the series is tied 1-1 right now. Um, the Canucks won 5-2 Tuesday night, and Vegas won game one, obviously. So what what's going on? What do you think is going to happen for the rest of the series? Matt, we'll, we'll swing it to you first. We'll go back around. I think that the, this series is very intriguing. Uh, game one was dominated by the Golden Knights. Game two dominated by the Canucks. So they've definitely had – they both showed – us showed the fans what they can uh what can what they could show for in this round but i'm gonna have to go with the golden knights i just think that they're they're the better team um they got more talent with them and they have two goalies uh robin robin laner and mark andre Fleury. who Fleury is a great goalie and we know that he could win with uh being with the penguins and you know maybe he depended he needed matt needed to depend on matt murray on the the penguins roster but Robin Lehner's been playing great. I mean, he's been playing these last couple games, I'm pretty sure. And he's just, you know, they won the last game, but he played great last series against the, the Blackhawks, and he played great uh, game one. So I got to go with the Golden Knights. Tommy, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Golden Knights too. I think that they're just a more complete team. And, you know, they saw you saw them score five goals in the first game and then only a couple in the second game and they lost. But I just think that they're going to have the edge in this one because they have a deeper team. And uh, a player to watch is, how do you say his name, Max Passi already or whatever? Max Passi <laughs> Yeah, he scored uh, goals in each of the first two games of the series. So I think he's definitely somebody to watch. But yeah, I think that Vegas is going to pull out this series and move on. Um, Connor, what do you think? Well, I'm going to kind of agree with the entire group here and specifically agree with Tommy because I have um, Max Petschi already, however this, you say the last name, down on my paper. And I just wrote needs to keep scoring because, I mean, he scored a goal in each of the first two games. And if the Golden Knights really want to take advantage of the series and not have these back-and-forth um, kind of blowouts until a game seven decision. Uh, Max definitely has to just keep scoring, putting the, the puck in the back of the net and kind of take over for the Knights, which I think he's capable of doing. So if he can keep scoring, I, I see this more swaying more towards uh, the Golden Knights side, kind of like how we're seeing the first round right now with the, with the Lakers over the Blazers. They were kind of, they were surprised there and now they're kind of going to take control. I think that's what's going to happen here with the Golden Knights. Uh, good analysis there, and I do have to agree with you guys. I think the Golden Knights are going to pull it out. I thought game two was kind of fluky. It was, it's pretty much the exact same goal in shot total. The Golden Knights had 40 shots, but only two goals, and uh, the Canucks had 27 shots and five goals. It's the same thing as game two of the Colorado-Dallas series. But I think in this case, I think Vegas has the chance to bounce back. I feel like Vancouver's a, uh, a less talented team than what Dallas is. And I feel like Vancouver is not as hot as what Dallas is. Like you guys mentioned uh, Max Pacioretty. I also think of Alex Tuck, who has scored a goal in the first two games of the series too. Some amazing, brilliant, dazzling goals. Um, so I think the Vegas Knights are going to come out on top. And Matt mentioned Robin Leonard. Um, they also got Marc-Andre Fleury, who I don't really understand why he's not starting. Their coach, Pierre DeBoer, said that you know, it, it, it's not what Mark Argent Fleury hasn't done. It's what Robin Leonard has done. So, I mean, that, that's kind of an interesting dynamic there because Fleury's agent went onto Twitter and posted a Photoshop pitch, picture of, like, Fleury, like, in 
the butterfly stance in net and he's like trying to cover the puck while there's like a uh like a knight sword going through like the back of his chest like to insinuate that the knights you know betrayed him for this guy that they just trade for to be a backup goalie so i feel like that might have thrown their dynamic off last game but i think the vegas knights have the talent and the experience to continue to the next round anyone else have uh, anything to say until we move into the eastern conference no all right let's start off with philadelphia and the new york islanders very interesting series so far Islanders won the first game for nothing shutting out the red hot offense that the flyers had what do you guys think tommy i'll start off with you first since i start off with the other two guys the last two times yeah um i think that the flyers are going to win this um in the end obviously the islanders came out of the gate um, in a major way, they played really well in the first game, won 4 nothing. But I don't know. I just think the Flyers are an overall better team. Um, I believe I had them moving on in my bracket, so I definitely want to see them win. But, um, no, the Islanders definitely impressed everybody the other night. I just think uh, that the Flyers are going to ultimately win this series. Matt, what do you think? Got to I gotta stay with the I gotta stick with the Flyers. I had them winning my uh, Stanley Cup. Got to keep it going. I did buy the Islanders in a previous episode. Kind of was criticized for that, but uh, kind of was the right choice myself. So um, I'm pretty proud of that. But the Flyers, Carter Hart, hoping for a bounce back. Uh, some of the some of their big name guys like Giroux, uh, Voris, Voracek. You know they need to. They need to start scoring. Seriously, they need to. To to get far in the playoffs, these guys haven't scored. I think TK needs to score more, Travis Konecki. But Kevin Hayes needs to score more. Like, those guys, need they need to score more if they want to get to the finals. But I truly believe that they'll bounce back. All right. Connor, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia uh, Flyers here. Um, Matt had mentioned Travis Konecki. I wrote down that He's been quiet in the playoffs. He really hasn't done anything. They, they didn't really need him to get through the first series. They won that series in six. Um, after going down 1-0 in the series, they they mean they may need those big players, like Matt said, to to step up. And if they don't step up, they may not get, get out of this round. Or if they do, they're not going to win a championship if these big-name players aren't stepping up. So they need to start looking for those bigger names to step up if they want to get through this round. But I do see them stepping up and getting through. You know what? I feel like – um, it's kind of, you know, an interesting dynamic concerning, you know, the Islanders are such a well-run, structured defensive team. Barry Trotz has done a, a fantastic job. And you see, like, at, at the beginning of the past two seasons, how they've come out of the gate so hot. And how I, I mentioned this in one of our first couple episodes, that watch out for the Islanders, because they always come out hot at the beginning of the season. And this is kind of like a brand-new season. So I, I, I don't know. It's kind of tough. Here's a very interesting stat. Um, after defeating the Flyers 4-0 on Monday, the New York Islanders have now given up just six five-on-five goals and 10 playoff games. Their defense is absolutely phenomenal. I, I don't know. I feel like the Flyers definitely can bounce back. Anthony Beauvillier and John Gabriel Pajot have been amazing for the Islanders. I honestly have no idea who's going to win this series. The Flyers bounce back from losing 5-0 to the Canadians in Game 2. Are they going to be able to do it again? I feel like the Islanders are a much tougher team. I have no clue what's going to happen. I, I guess I'll roll with the Flyers just because, you know, they are the more talented team overall. 
but they definitely are not as well coached as the Islanders are. I would not be surprised one bit if the Islanders, even if they win the Stanley Cup this year, I wouldn't be surprised with how well they're playing right now. That game actually did just start, so we obviously don't know what happened in game two, um, but you guys will know in watching this, but we don't. Okay. Anyone else have uh, any other comments? Nope. All right, let's move to another good series with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins. Uh, the series is tied 1-1 now. Um, Connor, you, you got the Bruins in the winning the Stanley Cup. What do you think? I stick to my prediction. Bruin, Bruins are going to win the Stanley Cup. Um, a lot of people kind of kind of pushed the Bruins to the side when, when Tuka Ross kind of opted out and said he was done for the season. And then, how do you pronounce that name? Halak? Halak. Yaroslav Halak. Halak. He, he struggled in game two there against the Lightning. He didn't have that great of a game game two. But I made a bold prediction or a pick'em segment on Monday and said that Paul George would come out and have a good game five, which he did. He scored 34 points. So now I'm going to make another bold prediction. I'm going to say Halak is going to come out hot for game three and give a shutout. Shutout. I like it. I like the confidence. And the, I mean, the Bruins oh. are just going to—the Bruins are going to roll right off of that, and they're going to continue, and they're—they're going to go right up the ranks, and we will see them at the end of this, at the end of the uh, the playoffs, holding that trophy. All right, Tommy, what do you think? You got the Lightning win the Stanley Cup. What's your response to Connor? Yeah, I'm going to disagree with Connor here. Like my bracket, I have them winning the whole thing, so I do have the Lightning winning this series, obviously, but. They're starting to play better. You saw in the first game, the Bruins got off to a really hot start. They were up 3 nothing, And then Tampa Bay, they came back. They scored two goals late. Um, obviously, it wasn't enough. Time ran out, and they weren't able to get the win. But then they bounced back with a big overtime win um, in game two. Blake Coleman with a couple of goals. So they're looking better. And, you know, I think that they're going to start to get rolling. But like uh, Connor mentioned, the Bruins are a great team. So... I'm looking forward to the series. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, but I just think, you know, coming off of that overtime win, Tampa has the momentum, and I think they'll win game three. And I'm hoping the whole thing so my bracket doesn't get uh, messed up. But, yeah, we'll see. It'll be fun to watch. I like the analysis, Tommy. I mean, Matt, excuse me. What do you think? Who's, who's I got it. My bracket is the lightning, but I got to side with the Bruins. I – I think I agree with Connor. Everyone pushed them away when Rask left for family uh, issues. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But Halak is still a great goaltender, and he – I could see them getting past the Lightning. The Lightning on paper, they should win it. But they, that's just not how it's it's going to work. Um, maybe if it goes to overtime, every game the Lightning will win because that's kind of who they are. And they, But, you know, it is the Lightning. They choke most years. They're like the Buffalo Bills of the NHL. So – Got to go with the Bruins. That first line is amazing, too. You know, I got to disagree. You're disagreeing because you have the, the Lightning winning. Well, I mean, I'm also disagreeing because I genuinely think that the Tampa Tam Bay Lightning will come out on top in this series. I have the Colorado Avalanche making the finals, but they're down to nothing, and Dallas is hot right now, so I picked Dallas. I'm, I'm seeing – taking what I saw in the first two games – and I'm applying it to what I think will happen through the next five. I think Tampa Bay will come out in the series winning in six or seven. And I think 
you you look you just look at the end of that game last night. You saw the level of play that the Lightning have. Their puck movement was fantastic. Their uh, systematic scheme in the de- defensive zone was on point. No one was out of position, which is the biggest thing uh, as a hockey team in the defensive zone. So I feel like you look at the Lightning, you look at the talent they have on offense, you look at who's in net, uh, Andre Vasilevsky. While Halak is great and he's 100% a starting caliber goalie in this league, I don't think he's on the level of Vasilevsky. And the Lightning have uh, one of the best defensemen in the, in the NHL in Victor Hedman and another shutdown defenseman in Ryan McDonough. I don't see how the Bruins come out on top in this series. I understand that they beat the Hurricanes 5-1 in the series before, but the Lightning have been playing just as good, if not better. And I think the Lightning are going to come out on top. Maybe if every game goes to overtime, you know, that's the type of team the Lightning are, right? I mean, they won one game against the Blue Jackets in overtime, I think. Every other game, I think they won in regulation. I think it, I think they're 3-0 in overtime. I don't know. I, I, I mean, saw – I heard hey, something. They, they play the best when it matters most. That's what I'm hearing when you're talking about overtime. All right. So, I, does anyone have any uh, other comments on this, uh, on the NHL as a whole? I think time will tell what happens. Let's go lightning, baby. All right. Let's move into our next segment. Welcome back to Go Chat here. We just had a really good discussion about the NHL bubble. Now we'll move over to the other bubble that's really big, um, the NBA bubble, where the Miami Heat did sweep the, 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 the other night. They did sweep, which, which I don't think is the biggest news to come out of that series, though, as we heard today on Wednesday that the Pacers fired Nate McMillan, which really came as a surprise to a lot of people because he was just extended last year. So what do you guys take of this news? Do you think this was premature just after a round one exit? Um, I don't think it, it was necessarily premature because they also got swept last year by the Celtics. So two... I feel like Nate McMillan, he's had some great regular season success, but what he's done in the playoffs has been just not it's, – it's just been not good. You know, he needs to step it up in the playoffs. There's, I feel like when he gets to playoffs, it, it's a different level of coaching. You saw that with the Heat and Eric Spolstra. And you also saw that with uh, Brad Stevens and the Sixers. Brett Brown ended up got fired. I know Matt's excited about that. But I think it's it, it, it's kind of warranted – he was a great coach during the regular season. The Pacers aren't an extremely talented team, but I feel like the Pacers can uh, go out and probably get a better coach. Who Who's better, though? I don't know. That That's up to the Pacers. You could look at some assistant coaches around the league that have had playoff success with other teams. You could go look at the Lakers or the Clippers or, or even the Bucks for one of their assistant coaches. I saw a report that they're looking at Dan Tony. I don't know how, unless Houston fires them after losing to OKC in the first round. I, I don't well, see not, how he's going round. to Indiana. Anyways. I when, when I saw the news come across my phone today, I was, I was, I was very surprised because I mean, his coaching the first couple games in the series wasn't great. And I mean, the, the Pacers allowed 53 foul shots in game three, which is just far too many. But game four, they didn't allow as many foul shots, and they, they really adjusted to everything that they had to game four. And I mean, game four was a much better game than the first two games. Then game three was also fairly tight as well. So I wouldn't put as much of the blame on McMillan as just the Pacers executing, really. 
I mean, and you could also factor in the fact that Victor Oladipo didn't play much game one. I don't know. I, I, I don't – I personally, if I was in the Pacers situation, would not have fired McMillan after paying him last season. Matt, what do you think on this? I wouldn't have fired him either, I don't think. Um, Sabonis is still out, right? I know he was out for the yeah. season games. I mean, let's just talk about that. They kept their number five seed when so many people projected them to go number six. Yes, the Sixers literally blew chunks, but people projected them to uh, go down to the number six, possibly seven. So the fact that they kept that in and, you know, he let's talk about, I mean, yeah, well, actually that's a GM thing. What am I talking about? The, I was going to mention the TJ Warren trade, but getting it for cash, but that's kind of a GM thing anyway. But I don't know. I, I I could see why they fired him, you know, getting swept twice in a row. But um, I don't think he's an awful coach. I think think that possible replacements – I'm just going to finish this. Possible replacements I'd look for is uh, someone like Jason Kidd. Sam Cassell, I think, is the uh, Clippers assistant coach, I think. He might be. Ty Lue. Ty Lue. That was my next assistant. Oh, Ty Lue. Yeah, that's the Clippers assistant. Uh, Sam Cassell, I don't know where he is. But I'm I'm not necessarily about Jason Kidd because he's been a head coach two different times and he hasn't really succeeded in both of those stints. But um, I, I feel like Nate, while he's a good coach and I feel like another team could definitely uh, look at him as a candidate for their team. I just don't think that I feel like it was time for them to part ways. I. I mean, Matt mentioned T.J. Warren. How about McMillan utilizing T.J. Warren when he was hot? I mean, T.J. Warren was the MVP of the bubble. Throughout those 10 games, T.J. Warren was the best player in that bubble. Damian Lillard. 100% Damian Lillard was the best player in the bubble. Damian Lillard in the last three games, maybe. But T.J. Warren was overall consistent throughout all 10 games that they played in the regular season. No. Damian Lillard was better. Yeah, I mean, he, he was the unanimous MVP. While T.J. Warren was really good, I feel like Damian Lillard was on another level. The The Blazers had to fight for a playoff spot. The Pacers already clinched it. T.J. Warren, it's just not comparable between the two, between what Damian Lillard did and what T.J. Warren did. While T.J. Warren had, did have probably top three bubble performance. Well, anyway, that's not my point. My point being is McMillan rode the hot hand yeah and led them to more wins and keep keeping their five spot, which is kind of what Matt was alluding to. Mm-hmm. I understand that and all, but I feel like his playoff, his lack of playoff success has, you know, put, put him in a trash can for the Pacers. Actually, if, if I think I'm correct, the Pacers were actually, the Pacers were four and the Heat were five. The Pacers yeah. were the four seed. Oh, yeah. Weren't they? Yes, I don't know because, you know, there's no home. The, the Pacers were the first. Well, so they anyways, actually- uh, we all gave our thoughts on uh, the firing and the series. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, it may be the right decision, but, you know, right after the, uh, you know, right after they get eliminated, it might be a little early to do it. I would think that you'd want to, like, take, maybe a couple days to think about. But like you said, they've been swept the past two years and eliminated from the postseason. So I can understand that their frustration of, you know, getting knocked out two years in a row. But um, I don't know. I'd like to see Jeff Van Gundy come out of retirement and get another chance out there. But um, 
you mentioned good people as well, Jason Kidd. Um, I'm not sure who it would be, but I'm sure they'll find somebody that fits the team well. Matt, why don't you kind of give us your rundown of the uh, the Brett, ba- Brett Brown firing and who you could see as potential replacement for the Sixers. I mean, it was so overdue. I don't know. Maybe they should have done it earlier. Just hearing, like, what Jimmy Butler had to say about Brett Brown, what – you know, Mike sent me the interview. I actually watched it over again to refresh my memory. But they'd go into, like, a um, – to watch plays and they would just sit there and watch and, you know, he wouldn't coach. He wouldn't tell them what they did wrong. They would just sit there, like just sit and watch. So that's a red flag. And then you hear what Josh Richardson has to say about not uh, lacking accountability. You, you're a coach. You're not their friend. Like you're not their best buddy, you know, say, Oh, good game. You played great. Like someone like a teammate would do. You have to tell them what they did wrong and what they did right. So I just think that, uh, he was great coach, uh, getting us or getting the Sixers out of the little slump that they had. You know the whole process, I guess. But he was good. But um, it was it was just time to uh, get rid of him. Some replacements. I heard they're really interested in Tyron Lue. Um, that would be. I think Tyron Lue is is a good coach. He he with a uh, LeBron. Um, but I was very interested. I heard Jay Wright, the Villanova coach. I don't think it would happen, but that would be the most intriguing one. Uh, he, he did say that he would be interested uh, in an NBA, maybe an NBA coaching in the near future. Um, you know what the lack of accountability kind of reminds you of? Kind of reminds you of Dallas last year with their wreck of a coaching staff with Jason Gary, you know, Coach Klopp, right? Um, I feel like it kind of reminds me of that last year and how there was a lack of accountability in Dallas and how that kind of needs to be fixed, similar to Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is very talented on paper. They got Embiid, uh, Richardson, Simmons, uh, Tobias Harris. I, l- I like Tobias Harris a lot. You know what I mean? I feel like they do have a, a good roster. It's not necessarily the roster that maybe could win a championship, but easily get to the conference finals. So I think a coaching change was definitely needed there. I think they need to get rid of more players too. I think as Horford, much as I Horford like Horford needs to be at the door. Too expensive. Huh? Horford, I what? think Horford needs to be at the oh. door. He does not fit with the Sixers at all. I think Horford and Harris should go. That's my opinion. I, I don't think – I think I'm just – I'm salty. I'm still salty about that Jimmy Butler, how he left. I feel like if Brett Brown might have been fired that he might have not left. Who knows? But – um. Still a little salty by that. I think Jim, Jimmy Butler was definitely the better player, and they kept oh, Tobias. Oh, no, 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 100%. And he was the closer for the Sixers in that playoffs. Without Jimmy Butler, they're not going seven games and nearly going to overtime in game seven against the Raptors. No shot they're doing that without Jimmy Butler. Well, the, the, the Heat welcomed Jimmy Butler with open arms, and, I mean, he's, he's kind of dominating right now for the Heat, so we'll take it. But, oh, actually – one thing about Jimmy Butler that we do have to watch out for is he didn't play a lot. He didn't play at all in the second quarter of game four. He had a, uh, a shoulder strain. He only played 20 minutes, I think, and scored six points. So, I mean, obviously with the, uh, the, the rest that he can get with Milwaukee and Orlando still playing their series is definitely going to be good for that. But that could be a potentially injury watch to watch out for, for maybe game one of that, of the, the second round. But, other than that, I think there's only one more major headline coming out of the bubble right now, and that's a couple uh, episodes ago we had which L.A. team is in more trouble right now, the Lakers, the Clippers. I'm going to confidently say that 
neither teams are any longer in trouble. I think both of them have really found their rhythm and they'll be meeting in the or Western Conference Finals. What do you guys think about that? Tommy, you go first. You didn't get to talk in the last part. Tommy, give us your thoughts on whatever situation you'd like. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. I think that both teams will be fine. You look at their rosters, they both have a lot of depth, and I think they're going to be fine. Obviously, they, you know, they faced some really good teams in the first round, and they've given them a little trouble. Um, the Trailblazers, they have a really strong team, but uh, I don't think it's going to be enough. You see this series, it's a 3-1 right now. And with the Clippers in Dallas, that's been a little more competitive, obviously, 3-2 to two right now. You know, Dallas could – they've been playing well, obviously, but I I agree with you, Connor. I think it's definitely the Clippers. I just think they have an overall stronger team with Kawhi there uh, to help them move to the next round. Um, and, yeah, I agree. I think that we'll be seeing them in the Western Conference Finals, and that'll be a great series, I think. Um, I think it's good for basketball in the city of L.A. as well to have them meeting there. Um but it'll be a lot of fun. I have the Clippers in that one on the bracket, but, I mean, you look at both the teams. Um, I watched the Lakers the other night. They look great as well. Um, so that'll be a great series. Hope we get to that point. Matt, what do you think? Uh, so when we did the trouble, I went on and I said the Trailblazers was pretty much a one. I think the media was blowing it out. I thought they were like a one one game thing. And I still think that, I mean, we saw Damien's not playing uh, tonight. They played tonight. Yeah. Not tonight. So I think the Lakers are going to take the, uh, take the, um, the series. And I think that the Lakers are the, there's they I, I predicted them to win. I still think they're going to win. And I think even more that they're going to win just seeing that the Clippers, uh, what, what they've kind of done. I wouldn't count out Dallas. I want, I think Dallas is going to win in seven still. I think that, I think Dallas is going to win in seven. I'm just confident. Porzingis, he's got to come back. And I think that if Paul George plays bad, they're done. I, w- I think that the Jazz would even give them. The Jazz, I can see the Jazz beating them next round too with Donovan Mitchell's hot hand if they beat the Nuggets. I just don't think – I think that Kawhi needs Paul George. I think I think Kawhi has – so many people were like, oh, Kawhi this, Kawhi that. Kawhi, he took the Raptors to the uh, finals. He really didn't. Raptors are a great team. We see that now. The Raptors are a great team. Yes, but without Kawhi. Make, Mike, don't even make that face because that Raptors team had – and Their Raptors team is so hot. They scored 146 points against the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm sorry. It was the team that put the Raptors over the top of the league, okay? Sure, but, was, sure, but he didn't bring them there because they had the upcoming Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Still a, a very dynamic Kyle Lowry. A good Marcus Gasol. Like, who's, no one's talking about Marcus Gasol. Okay, okay, you're talking about Lee? Siakam, Siakam is a much different player this year than he was last year. Okay, stop, stop with this whole Kawhi thing and just admit it. Kawhi is not a, a, Kawhi is a great player, hundred percent top five player, but he didn't carry that Raptors team as much as people are saying. He was the best player. He was the key player because obviously hitting that game winner against the 76ers, But he wasn't the only player on that team. That no. team is unbelievably talented. And Kawhi needs Paul George to win this finals. Just like I mean, Kawhi needs the rest of the Raptors team to win that finals. You, you could say that about any other player in this league. Of course, other star players need star players. Just like LeBron needs AD and AD needs LeBron, right? Just like Luka Doncic needs Porzingis, like you saw last game. When he shot, when he shot, he shot like 
He didn't need Porzingis the game before that. Okay, what happened last game? What happened most recently when oh the God. Clippers put their attention the on him? Paul George was shooting miserably. Okay, he Kawhi Leonard doesn't need Paul George to go off for 30 points every game. He just needs him to be like the star player he is and score 25 points a game. That's what Kawhi needs. Kawhi can carry the, this team to the championship, and that's what he's going to do. You, you saw that in the last game to... against the Mavericks as he Stop came out against the Mavericks. Shooting very efficiently, saying, and Paul George closed the game for the Clippers. You have to stop saying that Kawhi can carry these teams that are more than capable of making it without being carried. If Kawhi can play just average basketball like the star he is, there's no carrying needed. I mean, if, if, if you look if at Paul Kawhi George, on a pedestal right now, Kawhi because is he's the best player in the pedestal. NBA. He's the best player in the NBA. His, his combination of offensive skills and defensive skills – Put him on that pedestal. If he's the best player in the NBA, why is he not the MVP? That doesn't it's, – it's not – MVP does not equal best player in the league. If MVP equals best player in the league, LeBron would have 10 MVPs by now. Michael Jordan would have 10 MVPs. It's not indicative of the best player in the league, okay? So I don't know where this MVP equals best player comes from. I think Kawhi is the best player in the league, and you will see that through the rest of this playoffs. I'll just leave it at that. And I just want to say good good thing for Paul George. He came out and he spoke about his mental struggles uh, in the NBA bubble. You know, it's kind of hard for us to, you know, understand what the players are going through in the bubble. He came out, he played fantastic in game five. Hopefully he's over those mental struggles and he could help the Clippers win a championship. I'll just leave it there. Anyone else have any other uh, comments? Raptors are going to beat the Celtics. Oh, yeah. Let, let, let's talk about that. So, what do you guys think about this Raptors-Celtics series coming Raptors, up? They both Raptors swept their first-round opponents. Raptors, I don't know what do you think. Celtics. The Raptors, Raptors are going to beat the Celtics because they, because they don't have Kawhi and they still don't have to be carried. I, we're, we're in that thing with the uh, Attentionally Foul podcast. If you guys have not checked out Attentionally Foul, they're two hilarious guys. Definitely go check them out. Um, we're in that bracket thing with them where we're picking picks. I, Raptors in six, 100%. Raps in six. I think the, the Raptors the Raptors dominated the Nets. I think the Nets are better than the Sixers. And you saw that the Celtics the Celtics beat the Sixers by four uh, last game. They really just dominated them one game. I think that the Sixers played absolutely awful. I think if the Nets and the Sixers were playing in a series, the Nets would probably win. Um. Okay, tell and me the, what do you think. The Nets or the Raptors, I just want to say they actually absolutely came out and played very well against the Nets. They did they did play well against the Nets. Tommy, what do you think? Yeah, I'm gonna have the Raptors in this one in six games as well. That's what I have on my bracket. So I hope it works out for me. Um, but you know, they have a really good team, obviously. Um still without Kawhi, they're they're playing well and they have the coach of the year, right, Nick Nurse. And I picked that one. So anybody that I pick, I want to see do well. Um, so, yeah, that's what I have, Raptors and Sig. Listen, we, I, we, know, we know Mike's going to go with the Celtics. I know I'm going to go with the Celtics because they're the better team and they're going to win in six games. You saw how they beat Philadelphia. Listen, I don't, the Sixers are so much better than the Nets. Nets had five players opt out. They no. had two of their best players in DeAndre Jordan and Spencer Dinwiddie opt out. 
they were just not a good team in the bubble. They were one of the, the worst teams of the bubble. The Sixers still had Embiid who gave uh, the Celtics headaches. The Celtics are a perfect matchup for the Raptors. They beat them in the in the playing games for the bubble. Uh, listen, their length, their length at the guard position are going to bother Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. And I don't know who's going to stop Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Who's going to stop them? You got Spicy P and who else? Who else is guarding them? And then you got Kemba Walker. I understand Kyle Lowry is a good defender, but he just will not be able to keep up with Kem- Kemba Walker. The Celtics will win in 16. And then you got Marcus Smart, the, who's, who should have received some Defensive Player of the Year recognition. If you watch any Boston Celtics game, he's diving over the floor. He's, he's, just, he's just a pest on the defensive end. If he's not NBA all-defensive first team, I don't know what is going on in the NBA. I feel that Celtics are a great matchup with the Raptors, and they will win in six games. Kyle Lowry is not the same as playoff Kyle Lowry. Now, take this, take this from someone who's a Miami Heat fan. Who's, who, they played the Raptors two years ago before Kawhi was on the team. The Heat went and blew out the Raptors game one in Toronto. Kyle Lowry stayed at the arena until two in the morning, putting up shots. The Raptors won that series in six. Kyle Lowry will do anything he can in the playoffs to get a win. So we can't put regular season Kyle Lowry is not the same as playoff Kyle Lowry. And then you put him with the upcoming star of Pascal Siakam. That is a great combination. They don't need Kawhi Leonard there to be a successful team. They are a successful team, but I don't think that they're a championship cal- caliber team without I'm not saying Kawhi they're championship Leonard. caliber team. They're I not don't even think that they're better than the Celtics right now. Of course you don't because you're a Celtics fan. No, because I've been watching the games, and it's obvious to see that the you Celtics are the better team. team. They're more talented. You want to talk about playoff Kyle Lowry? What did he do before last year in Kawhi? got to Toronto and showed him how to win the playoffs. What did he do with DeMar DeRozan? It was Lebronto before Kawhi got there. What, what did he do with, without Kawhi? He did nothing. He scored zero points in a playoff game before oh, Kawhi got there. Zero points again. Kyle Lowry and Ben Simmons, the two worst players in the NBA because they put zero points up in a playoff game. They, Come on, Mike. Kyle Lowry – is not Jimmy successful Butler in the playoffs without Kawhi Leonard. And he won't be, even though he has been successful this year, it's not going to happen against the Celtics. I will put money on the line. The Celtics will win in six games. I'm 1,000% confident in what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker can do in the playoffs. All right. Well, I guess all we can do is wait and see what happens. Let's just hope that they don't struggle in game three as they did against the Sixers. I watched with my uncle who's a Boston fan, and he was, he was so mad how much they struggled. Both teams played awful. Sloppy. So let's just hope that they don't do that next series. We'll see. Do we, do we have any other comments on the NBA? I know this has been a kind of a longer episode, so we'll wrap it up with our pickups. You guys called me biased for the number 12, but I think we're seeing a lot of bias past couple game, past couple uh, episodes. All right. Okay, we're gonna see who's gonna win. We're gonna okay. see. Who we're will gonna win. see who's gonna win. Okay, that's fine. Fine with me. We will be right back with our pick'em segment. <laughs> Welcome back to Go Chat. We're we're gonna cool down a little here uh, and move into our goat picks. The leaderboard is up. We do have one game left tonight: uh, the Cleveland Indians and Minnesota Twins game three. As you know, Tommy and I are have the Indians and. 
Mike and Connor have the twins, so a pretty big game. But there's a three-way tie at the end, which is kind of surprising. And Connor is still in first with the lead after the Laker or the Clippers won and the Dallas Stars won, which Tommy got, so he's two and zero. But we're gonna move right into it quickly. Uh, Tommy, let us know who the MLB game is. Yeah, so we have the Phillies against the Braves in this one. The series is going to be in Philadelphia. Uh, the Phillies have three of their best pitchers going. They got Zach Wheeler, Zach Eflin, and Jake Arrieta for the three-game series. And Sunday night will be on ESPN, the Sunday night game of the week. Um, and another thing about this series is that on Friday will be Jackie Robinson Day. Most of the time you see that in April, but because they didn't play in April this year, it's going to be on Friday. Um, so who do you have? I'll start with you, Matt. This is a tough one. I, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to throw a shot in the dark here and go with the Phillies. No, okay. no idea why. Just throw a shot in the dark and go with the Phillies. It's a good pick. Who do you have, Mike? Um, I'm going to agree with Matt. I'm going to go with the Phillies. They got Wheeler, Eflin and Arietta on the mound, probably their three best pitchers right now, if I'm not mistaken. And they're playing at Citizens Bank Park, in which um, they have had more success. Uh, and the Braves have struggled on the road a, lo- a little bit this year. Um, I know there's no fans, but the ballpark does make a difference. So I'm going with uh, the Phillies. Good pick. Who do you have, Connor? I'm going to go with the Phillies as well here. They just have a really good um, three pitchers going. I mean, Atlanta has Acuna coming back, and Freddie Freeman seems to be getting a little hot, but I don't think that's enough for uh, those pitchers there. So, Phillies. Yeah, I'm going to disagree here. I'm going to go with the Braves. I I have a good feeling. I mean, you mentioned that Acuna is coming back. He's coming back as we're recording the episode um, today against the Yankees. And I just, I don't know, I like the Braves, and I do like the Phillies a lot. I think I've said on this show before that I think they're a really strong team, and in a few years you're going to see how good they really can be. They have a really good core there, and they're going to build around it, but I just think at this point in time, Atlanta's the better team, and they're going to win this weekend. All right, well, I guess I'll swing us over to our NBA game. Good thing we're not talking about the Raptors or the Clippers here. Um it's going to be game six, Western Conference, the three versus the six, the Nuggets versus the Jazz. Obviously, Tuesday night, Jamal Murray took over in crunch time to keep the Nuggets alive at least one more game. We're now talking about game six. Who are we having game six? Tommy, I'll start with you. Wait, who is it again? The Nuggets and the, Nuggets and the Jazz. The Nuggets and the Jazz. I'm going to go with the Jazz. That's who I have in my bracket. And – uh yeah, I just think they're going to win this one. Matt? I'm going to go with the Jazz, too. I have the Nuggets in my bracket, but Jazz are great. Mike? Um, I, I, I got to go with the Nuggets here. Even though Charles Barkley did guarantee them a win in game six, which is kind of a kind of a curse at this point, but I, I feel like the Nuggets, they just need to play defense against the Jazz. They're gonna, they always score well against any team they want as long as they play some sort of defense, I think. They'll, they'll be fine. Jamal Murray will continue his hot streak, and the Nuggets will win game six. Well, Donovan Mitchell's actually going to continue his hot streak, and he's going to have one of the best games that he's had, and he's going to lock up game six here and the series for the Utah Jazz. So I'm going to go Utah Jazz here. All right, perfect. We're going to finish this up. 
quickly with the NHL. We got the Vegas Golden Knights and the Vancouver Canucks. We obviously talked about them earlier. Uh, series tied one to one. Canucks got uh, last night, so two nights ago. Games today, uh, nine forty-five. Uh, Connor, who do you got? Golden Knights. Mike, I'm going with the Golden Knights as well. I think Alex Tuck and Patrick you will continue a hot streak. Leonard will have a bounce back game. Tommy. I'm going to go with Vegas as well. I talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. I just think they're the stronger team, and they're going to keep it going tonight. Well, great way to wrap up the episode is actually agreeing on something. I'm going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights too. Uh, <laughs> you know, episode 30, it was a pretty long one. Um, you know, it's the playoffs. we got to talk about – got to talk a lot. But other than that um, – Mike just had good opinions. Like, it, it would have been nice and easy flowing. But it's okay. It's what brings in the views, <laughs> hopefully. I can't, I can't wait to see who's hoisting that NBA trophy at the end of the it's season. Not the and you see Kawhi Leonard hoisting the trophy as the best player in the NBA. And he'll prove it the rest of the playoffs. That was a good episode number 30. Let's just tune out Mike down here. As always, follow on the socials. Like, subscribe on the YouTube. Um, that's pretty much it. I guess we'll be back on Monday for episode 31. Big number there. Is it?